Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we magnify and we glorify your precious name. Thanking you, Lord, for who you are and, and the awesome God that you are, Lord, how you loved us with an everlasting love, Lord God, how you continue to keep us, Lord God, even when we are not able to, uh, to be faithful to you, Lord God, even when we fail to be faithful to you, Lord God, that you continue to keep us, Lord God, and your keeping is not based on our faithfulness, but it's based on who you are and the faithfulness of your son. And for that, if we understand it, we must praise you with an everlasting praise, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, because you've delivered us and you're keeping us in that deliverance, Lord God, not based on our performance, Lord God, which our hearts ought to desire to perform well, Lord God. But boy, if it was based on that, even in our great and our awesome desire to please you, Lord God, if, if we would lose everything if we just failed one time. And so, Lord, we just we thank you for the blood of your son, Lord God. I pray right now, Lord God, as you uh, speak to our hearts, Lord God, by your spirit first, that every heart is open. Lord God, that every heart is open, not clinging on to or holding on to that which we've known for 30 years about you, Lord God. That, uh, but Lord, just having an open heart that as you speak to us, that which we know, if, if your, your spirit is confirming it, then let it be confirmation. But Lord, even the things that we know, if your spirit is speaking a change, that our hearts are set, that it may be able to receive your word, that it will change us. That through your word, that we will be rearranged, Lord God. Lord, and that through your word, that we will never be the same. Lord, we need you today, Father God. Because we know through the rearrangement, through the change, and through uh, your word that allow us to move forth and not be the same, that it gives us and it imparts to us the benefits of your joy and the peace that comes from above, Lord God. That will allow us and enable us, Lord God, to continue on this journey, to run this race, to, to be able to finish the course, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord God. And it's you and you alone that will enable us to do it. So we need you, and we need your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. If you will, I want you to turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. And we are continuing our series. Actually, we're going to pick it up. We're gonna, God is letting us move forward here just for the moment. Uh, this is our series of Christian liberty. And I believe that we're on part number three, if I'm not mistaken. If it ain't three, then label it number four, uh, Pastor Ray. Christian liberty. In First Peter chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, reads like this. It says, for this is the will of God, 
that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. In number 16, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. As free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but a bond, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. I want to just use that verse to start out because we're still on the journey of concerning Christian liberty. But as God has already spoken to us thus far, and he showed us some uh, and we, I'll do a quick review of that, of that which he showed us thus far. This is huge because God has called us and he's delivered us and he's given us as believers and not by our performance, but by the finished work of Christ Jesus. He's placed us in him as free Christians, Christians that have a liberty. But here, uh, the writer Peter, as he wrote, to, uh, to encourage the people and even encourage us right now, he said there's a, a powerful thing that we got to remember and understand, and that is that our liberty, our Christian liberty that Christ has uh, died to, to, to give us and, and the place that we are living from today, that we be careful to not use it or that it be a cloak or a vice that we begin to use it for, uh, you know, for the wrong reasons. Come on, somebody. And that we keep the mindset is what he encouraged them to, for what this is really all about. And that is as a bond servant. That we keep the mindset and the heart set of a bond servant that is, that's free. So if uh, let me go back and just share with uh, some of us the, the history in the church of what a bond servant was going all the way back. See, a servant... Uh, was one that was enslaved and during the, this period of time that when you were enslaved that you had to serve for seven years. Come on, somebody. In there. And then at the end of the seventh year, the master would uh, buy, would set you free and not only set you free to be free, but then he would also bless you. He had a blessing for you to be able to take on your way. But uh, so what a bond servant was, was one that had fulfilled his seven-year obligation and been set free, and, and at his hands he had a, a, a blessing to be able to move forth and, and be, become a master himself, if, if you will, and uh, to have his own land, to have his own uh, family, and, and to be able to freely move forward. But a bond servant is one that says, no, uh, while this opportunity is set before me, that you, Master, you have been so good to me and that we are comfortable where we are and we are blessed where we are. So we choose to not take forth our blessing and move out. What we choose to do is stay here as servants of yours, uh, but not by obligation, but as bond servants. So a bond servant was one that was actually set free but chose to stay and serve. And the way that we, uh, we know that the, the history of it goes, that those that were bond servants, how you could tell them the, uh, the difference from them and the regular servants that were still in their seventh year period is that uh, they would uh, pierce their ear with a big awe. And so they would have this awe in their ear, and that, that would be the depiction uh, and the distinction between a regular servant and a bond servant. So a bond servant was a servant 
by choice. Somebody say by choice. And we as children of the Most High God, we have been set free, but we ought to have a heart set to serve by choice. Come on, somebody. God is so good to us. And so thus far on this Christian liberty uh, platform that he set us, uh, there's a, uh, he wants to give us an understanding in this journey that we own, that it has been concluded, number one, that we are the most free of all subjects and subject to none. That in being a believer and being set free by the blood of Christ Jesus, that you be, that we are the most free of all and subject to none. Yet we are subject to everyone because of our call of the Lord and because of our heart to serve, making us subject to everyone. So while we are free from everyone, we have made ourselves subject to everyone. This is what Paul was, uh, was, was, was uh, expressing when he says that, that he was free, but yet in his freedom that he chose to be a servant of the Most High God, that he poured out his life for those, uh, for the work of the kingdom. Glory be to God. In, in the, it, you know, the Bible expresses this in many different ways, as though I am be a free of all men, yet I have made myself a servant of all, is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. And then he goes on to say, oh, no man, anything but to love one another. And that's found in Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Understand this. Then, then we can understand. So understanding the fact that this Christian liberty and who we are is that you are free and subject to none. But yet, in the, in the same sentence, in the same essence, that because of what the finished work and because we realize and understand uh, what God through Christ Jesus has done for us and we understand the time in which we live in and we understand the desire of God's heart that he would that no man uh, perish but that all would come to repentance that while that a time such as this that the door, gates of heaven is yet still open and God is still calling for the sheep and he uses those of us that have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb to do that <laughs> glory be to God so while we are free then we understand that uh, uh, and, and subject to none we understand that we are servants of the most high God and subject to everyone because our hearts ought to be just like Paul's heart that uh, while he was free that he yet made himself a servant unto all glory be to God then too then we must understand that we are that that, that we are twofold in nature we're talking about Christian liberty, and, and it takes an understanding of the freedom that we have, yet the commitment that we have to serve, and that it, we are twofold nature. And, and he, we talked about this: that twofold nature is spiritual and fleshly, soul and flesh, and they oppose one another. The flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh is what Galatians chapter five verse seventeen says. But it is the holy word of God, that's the gospel, somebody, that saves us, justifies, and sets us free. The soul of man that sets us free, that sets us free, 
Come on, somebody. That sets the soul of man free if he believes. It takes belief. Therefore, one can do nothing without the word. See, it's the word of God that saves, justifies, and sets us free. And we went over this in detail, my friend. So I hope that you all are, are still with me. And then number three, what we talked about is this. So then it is by faith in the word of God, that gospel, that one is justified. No one is justified by his works. To preach Christ is to feed the soul and justify it, to free it and to save it. So faith alone brings for salvation. Faith will fill those who believe with such righteousness that they will, uh, they will need nothing else for justification. Come on, somebody. And this is Romans 10, chapter 10 is talking about, it is that in the heart one believes unto righteousness. So this faith that we have is faith that comes from, that has been given. And, and, and this faith only operates in one place and one place only. And that is in one's heart. In, the, in Christian liberty, as we go on, on this journey, it's really, so we just, in a quick review here, because it's essential that we understand each and one of these things. One, that we are free, but yet we, we have a heart that has been, uh, for understanding what God has done for us, that puts us in a place that we are willing to give our life away. And in that willing to give our life away, then we know that what stands before us, we have to recognize that the difference that we have two natures at work in us. One, the spiritual nature and one of the fleshly nature. And they war against one another. See, we, in order to, to walk down this road, then it's essential that we understand this because otherwise we end up fooling ourselves. In there, glory be to God. And then thirdly, you know, in that, that we understand that it's the holy word of God that is is that, that saves, justifies, and sets free. And in that, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the holy word of God for each and every one of us, then it brings forth an understanding that though we have these two natures, that it's the word of God that saves us and justifies us, not our works. He wants to give us a clear understanding about that because in that, there is where our faith come in and faith leads to true righteousness. And so it's not by works that we are made right. And see, the flesh will want to tell you this and, want, uh, and to deceive you into thinking that you can do good enough to deserve God's righteousness, my friend. Wrong. And this is a big dilemma in the body of Christ, even yet today, is that we... Uh, it's kind of like because maybe because we the the we haven't just laid the the word of God and the truth of God's word hasn't just been laid out very plain and very clear enough that we because this flesh ain't nothing to play with is in essence of what I'm saying to you, my friends. This flesh is is nothing to play with. It's full of uh, envy, pride, and every uh, the Bible describes it. There is nothing good in it. Not nothing that's good in it. And so what that means to us, if we can realize that and we understand 
what God has set before us, a way of righteousness that comes through just believing in the finished work, then we, it ought to take us to a place where we put no trust in the flesh. That we put no trust in the flesh, but we put all of our trust in the faith, which is the conduit to our justification and our sanctification. But understand this, uh, and I'll say it again, but this faith cannot consist at all with works. That is, if you imagine that you can be justified by those works, whatever they are, whatever they are, all without, all put together do not add up to anything that could bring forth justification. Therefore, when we begin to believe, you learn at the same time that all that is in you is utterly guilty, come on somebody, sinful and damnable. According to that saying, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23. And also that there is none righteous, no, not one, that all have gone astray, that they are uh, they are all together become unprofitable is what the word of God says. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. That's Romans 3, 10 through 12, if you remember. See, when we have uh, learned this, you know, we will know that Christ is necessary for us. Since, we, since he suffered and was risen again, that you, we that believe in him, that we might by faith become Another man, hallelujah, a new man, that is. And all sin, uh, be, uh, excuse me, all your sins have been remitted and you have been justified by the merits of another man, namely Jesus Christ. Come on, my friends. So what we understand then is that it's not by our works or, or anything that we can do that we've been justified by God, but that it took another man and another man came in the form of flesh and, and, and walked in perfect, uh, the perfect will of God in that. And that he died upon that cross and that God was pleased in, uh, through, to, the Bible says that it pleased the father to bruise the son. And how did it please the father? It pleased the father because it was a sacrifice, uh, a one and only sacrifice that for you and for me. It, it pleased the father because he loved us with the everlasting love that he was willing to give of his son. To give of his son that you and me may go free. That you and me, that all of our transgressions are gone. Do you understand what that means? See, to truly walk in Christian liberty, it takes us to go here. To, that we really be reminded and to, to understand because I uh, recognize and, and the word is, is clear on the fact that we have two natures at work. So while the spirit of the, uh, God's spirit that is in us is working in us to, to say all of these things, that there's a fleshly man that, want, that is filled with pride, envy, and strife that will try to take God's word and twist it to make us feel like we have done something, to earn something. But the truth of God's word will keep us in a humble place, my friend. It will keep us re and, and remind us that while we were damned to, uh, to eternal separation from God, 
that God made a way out of no way. Let me say that again, that God made a way when you didn't have no way, couldn't figure it out, when you couldn't do it, when you couldn't do it, when we couldn't do it. This, this, hear what, what the Spirit of God is saying. Because even today as Christians right now, we can be messed up because we won't go to God for him to do it until we can't do it. And the thing about it is, is you never could do it. We couldn't save ourselves and even for the rest of this journey. So why would he use his, the blood of his son? Why he, would he pay the ultimate sacrifice uh, to do what you couldn't do? But then now all of a sudden, then you, uh, we just take the wheel out of his hand. Okay, you didn't did the biggest thing. Now let me do the rest of it. See, that's the flesh of man that, 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 that feels, because that's how we treat one another. That's how we have to do, that's, that's what we do on the job. That's what the, the, the world uh, has injected us with, is, is the, the competition or to, to be raised to a place that, that you, to, in order to show that you worth something, that you got to do something. And I get that in the world, my friends, but this, we ain't talking about the world. We're talking about the kingdom. Somebody say the kingdom of the almighty God. And God is trying to get us to a place of understanding to be able to separate the world system and the kingdom of God. That we may quit using, the trying to bring in the world system and how we operate in the world system to get ahead on the job, to get the promotions and all of these different things. They stop to, to bring that into the kingdom of God. And there is a distinction, my friend. But the problem is, is that we haven't uh, seen it and we'll use the same tools and the same get up in the church, God's church, the, which he has made Christ the head of. And it's high time. And God is speaking to us that in order, see, this ain't going to happen, so we can't just say this. It can't just be said and, 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 and we change. No, the only way real change is going to come in is that we're going to have to see who we are and see who God is and see what he done. That we may remember that. And, 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 and it ain't even been good enough because even the fact that us, we know that God sent his son, you know, we know that Jesus paid the, the price, but without recognizing the two natures within us, lusting and warring against one another and us choosing whom we're going to serve, then we just arbitrarily go through the circumstances. Come on, somebody. Y'all don't have to be that quiet in here. This is the word of God, and he's needing, and he's challenging us. He's calling us out from the comfortable place that we've been in to a, a place to be able to stand before the world, though the world may know truly who he is. Glory be to God. And it's going to, and, 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 and what faith has done for us. And since this faith can reign only in our inner man, come on, somebody. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness again. 
And since it alone justifies, it is evident that no outward work or labor can the inward man be justified at all by, be made free at all by, be saved at all by, and that no works, whatever they are, uh, have any relationship to, to any of these things, to justification, to salvation, to, to, uh, you know, to being free, that no works have any relationship to that it's only faith that has set us in this place of liberty. And so on the other hand, look at this. It is solely by impiety and incredulity, we talked about this, of the hearts that, that becomes guilty and a slave to sin, deserving condemnation, that we understand this, not by any outward works or sin. This is huge. For our understanding, my friends. So it takes us to this place of number four, the, us understanding that faith reigns only in the inward man. That it's nothing in this outward man that brings forth any justification in any such a way that will please God. It, we, that has been accomplished through the finished work of Christ and our faith uh, places us or gives us uh, play, uh, brings us out of darkness into the marvelous light. That it brings us out uh, of the world and into Christ. See, it's not your works that brought you into Christ. It's your faith. And see, in, in your faith in, in what God has set forth by his plan, see, this is huge and as simple as it may sound, this is real, it's a huge gutter uh, golf right there. In that golf, you can, your works can't bring you across. You can come to your, the end of your, your side and the only thing that can cross you over is, is faith. And this faith in, what, in the finished work of what God did, see, and you can't get across there. You can't work to get across there. He has to bring you across. See, so we understand that when we put our faith in him, then he does this. Come on, somebody. This is what God is the one who takes your faith and he brings you into righteousness. Very simple, but very misunderstood. Because somehow we think that when we are made right with God, by our faith, these are the words we'll say, Pastor Ray, that somehow, yo, down the, that, that we had, even if it was only 5% or 10%, we, that we had something to do with it. And the only something that we have, that we could ever add to it would be works and works can't be added to it. This is what Ephesians chapter 2 talks about. That it's not by works lest anyone should boast. See, God already, he's protecting us even, his love protects us even in that. He didn't even let, add us, let us add our 5% because he knew that if he let us add our 5%, then our flesh would boast. And then pride would set in and boy, we'd be on a, a whirlwind. We'd be taken off, uh, we'd do the same thing that, that, uh, that, that uh, Lucifer did in heaven. That we would eventually get to the place that we want to be like God. See, God loves us where he protects us where, where we don't even know we need protecting that yet. That's how good he is. We serve an awesome and a mighty God. So understand this, that hence a right Faith in Christ is an incomparable treasure 
a right faith in Christ. And when we're talking about a right faith, it's one that is free from your understanding that you had anything to do with it, that it or, or that you keep it by some performance. See, because some of us understood that we got across that gulf by, uh, you know, faith in, in, in Christ and that, and that God did it through Christ. But somehow when we got on the other side, then we think that we can add to it. Or in, or in order to keep it, that we got to prove something. That our works is, is going to keep uh, that which God has already delivered. No, what's keeping what God has already delivered is, is the, the, the seal that God, uh, when, when he placed on your life by the blood of his son. See, what keeps it is, is, is just what Jesus uh, proclaimed that, you know, uh, and it's written in his word that when he was raised from the dead, that it was proclamated that, oh, death, where is your sting? Hallelujah. Oh, Hades, where is your victory? You have none, my friend, because Jesus has been raised from the dead to the glory of the Father. That is what keeps us. That is what keeps us when, we, when he brings us across. That's what keeps us across it. And why are you saying this, Pastor John? It's because we have to have a clear understanding that now that he's brought us across, and that was the only way for us to get across, that it's his blood that has sealed us to keep us there, in there. So our desire to work is not to prove to him that we deserve to be there or to keep us there, but our desire then, if we really understand what has just happened, that boy, he didn't brought me out of the darkness into the marvelous light, that he's brought me out and into Christ, and that I had no way to get here, and that now, and that truly all of my transgressions are gone, glory be to God, that ought to give us a heart, hallelujah, to yield ourselves to the work of the kingdom. That ought to give us a heart set to, for the will of God. Not a heart set to prove to God that we deserve to be there, but a heart that's yielded to God because he brought us there. And it's too much. And we see the pride in the body of Christ, in the church itself. This is what allows them, uh, some to, to, to preach a message that puts them above you. That's a lie from the pit of hell that God is uh, orchestrating and through the blood of his son because there ain't no man did that. God did that, that we are all the same vessels that, uh, that he needs to use. Hallelujah. That's why he says he desires vessels that are fit for the master's use. That has to be our life goal for the rest of our journey and for the rest of our stay here, that we can yield our life over to him, that we may be vessels that are fit for his use. And this is a serious, a simple message, but it's very serious, my friend. Because see, with man, remember what we talked about? The system of the world will always put a man above a man. The system of the world is going, you gonna always have a boss. Or striving to be somebody's boss. See, that's the nature of how it all works. But in the kingdom of God, there are, there's only one boss. Glory be to God, and that's Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Because the Bible declares that he 
when he finished the work that God required of him, that God, he, that he uh, came and sat down at the right hand of the Father. And that the Father made and gave all things unto him. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So there's only one boss. So we don't have to compete against one another. He hasn't set it up that way. There ain't no big eyes and little U's. Or is it the other way? Big U's and little eyes or whatever it is. It ain't none of that. Hallelujah. And then we all been called for the same purpose. For, so for the rest of our days, then God can use us for the work of the kingdom. And some may say, well, what is the work of the kingdom? Well, glad you asked because that's the same thing that the, 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 the uh, scribes and the Pharisees, they asked Jesus in Matthew, what is the work of the kingdom? And what did he tell them the work of the kingdom was? He told them the work of the kingdom is to do the will of God, to believe in Jesus and allow God to use you, not for all of these, the, the traditions and everything else that you want. Hallelujah. It was a beautiful thing that this is the work of the kingdom, that you believe on the name of the Son and follow him, do his, the will, his will as he has proclaimed it. Amen. This is good news, my friends. And, and, and it's all, this Christian liberty journey that he's taken us on is all for us to see the, the, yo, the picture. That we can see the picture very clearly because what it end, when it comes to the end, then you're going to still know that you are free. But then when we get all the way to the end of Christian liberty, which this is several parts, what it, not only will you recognize you free, but you'll have the joy that's unspeakable, that the joy that, that Jesus promised. See, because then what happens is, is we're going to stop, you know, what binds us and, and brings us up and down in, in, in our joy and our peace is, is, is our understanding. See, because when we done messed up and we think that we, our, our salvation is in jeopardy or, or, or God is, is still yet not pleased with us or we're about to get kicked out, see, then that's going to take you on an emotional roller coaster. You see, let's talk about it. Yo, uh, here again, I got to relate it to the common man in, in the world system. See, because when you're in a relationship in the world and you mess up like that, you're about to get kicked out. And when you're about to get kicked out, then you get to feeling a certain kind of way. Your flesh starts messing with you. See, this relationship with God is not built on your good works. So when, uh, and, and just like it ain't built on your good works to keep it, it ain't built on your bad works to lose it. As some may have need to be served notice of because you didn't do it. See, it would be the saying the same thing. So if it's your bad works that makes you lose it, then it had to be some good works that made you earn it. Wrong, my friend. It's the finished work of Christ. Jesus, let us re be reminded of that. See, they told us the first part that, it, oh, it was, Jesus, uh, it was Jesus that got you in. But they didn't tell you that it was uh, Jesus that was going to keep you in. And that's your good works. So maybe some of us understood that it wasn't our good work coming in the door, uh, Minister Rush. But some of us then, because they did not tell you that we thought that once, uh, we know Jesus brought us in, but we thought our good works was going to keep us in some kind of way because if we, even if you didn't say that specifically, guess what? Check yourself. Because if you thought that it was going to be your bad works that got you kicked out, then you might as well be you were saying the same thing. See, because on the other hand, 
There's always another hand, my friend. See, and this is where really the rubber meets the road, where God is really appealing to every part of, uh, of your, your spiritual lack. I didn't say your intellect, but your spiritual lack. Okay. That he's appealing to it. He wants you to clearly understand this, that you being here is uh, in the house, in the kingdom. It's not by your works. And you being in your stand here or your bad works ain't going to get you kicked out. But see, don't misunderstand because see, the thing about it is that's why it's so important that we understand the value. Somebody say value. The value of how we got in the house, knowing that we didn't deserve it. See, the value will, see, because in that value, what it does, it leads you to a heart set that will honor the one who saved you. See, because some is worried about, well, if my bad works ain't going to get me kicked out, then, yo, who, what's going to stop one from just going and running amok? They don't know him. Because the ones who know him and know how they got in, understands the value of what's been done, my friend. And when you value what's been done, you honor the one who done it. And there's no way, come on somebody, that that can leave you in a place that will run amok and devalue the, uh, the honor that is due to the one who done it. It's impossible. No, it ain't impossible for you to make a mistake. But it's an impossible for the one who knows the truth to continue in sin that grace may be abound. Romans chapter 6 uh, verse 1. Because the Bible says, God forbid. God forbid that one would continue in sin that grace may abound. That uh, if you know Christ, it's impossible, my friend. So if you're saying that it's impossible, uh, Pastor, then... Uh, what's happening with these so-called Christians that's running amok? I, I would challenge you that the, the so-called Christians that's running amok, or if you have a desire to just to continue sin, the grace may abound. As the Bible says, God forbid, then you better check uh, your Christianity. You better check yourself and see where you really are. You think you're in, but you, you, you be like the, the, the story I told you about the young man when I was in Oklahoma City. You ain't heard this one yet. See, I visited Oklahoma City. She from Tulsa, so she, it don't count. I'm on my way from uh, Michigan to, to, uh, to, to school in Dallas. And uh, my buddy that was riding with me, he drove with me as far as Oklahoma City because they had family members there. So I stayed with him a couple of days. And I ran into this guy. Uh, I seen this guy every single day, the days that I was there, about three or four days standing on the corner, and I'm like, man, that's Rick James. And he out there singing Rick James' song, and he looked just like Rick James. They was like, dude, that ain't no Rick James. And I was saying, well, I was wondering why, why is Rick James hanging out on the corner in Oklahoma City, you know, in there. And what it is is this guy had been smoking some uh, bombing fluid, sherm, whack, whatever y'all call it, or whatever it was. This is back in the 80s. And he had went out, lost his mind, and truly thought that he was Rick James now. And so every day he lived his life. He dressed up with the stacks, the, the clothes and everything else, and he went out and sung on the corner 
all the Rick James songs. He had the braids in his hair, the whole hookup. And if you didn't personally know Rick James, you at first glance, you would have thought, hey, man, there's Rick in there. But he, had, he was totally living in a place of deception. He had, he, see, no, it wasn't somebody told him he was Rick James and, 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 and so he was deceived. No, he told himself he was Rick James and was deceived. And for one that calls himself a Christian and would live a life that is uh, totally Contrary to what God is saying, that how can that, that just to continue in sin because God got me because I can't get kicked out by my wrong would be totally. He would think he Rick James. He might as well, you know, he, it's, it's no different. He is deceiving himself, not somebody else deceiving you, but him deceiving himself. And we live in a time right now, my friend that we are so worried about people deceiving us. But you know what? When you study the word of God over and over and much more times in the word does the Bible warn us of deceiving ourselves than it does of, uh, of somebody else deceiving us or being worried about somebody else deceiving you. Now, over and over again, he says, do not be deceived or do not deceive yourself. And the warning is that you don't deceive yourself much more than somebody else deceiving you. Because when the spirit of God is in you and is operating and leading and guiding you, then no, not even the devil himself can deceive that. I didn't say, let me say that again. See, when the spirit of God, somebody say of God, is in you, and he is leading and guiding you, then no one, not even the devil himself, can deceive that. You notice I didn't say no one, not even the devil, could deceive you, but it cannot deceive the Spirit of God. That's why I say that. It can, the Spirit of God cannot be deceived. And so as long as we are following the Spirit of God, then guess what? We're in a safe place. But when we begin to follow our own self or take over the seat where the Spirit is leading, then guess what happens, my friends? That's where deception falls in, in there. And the Bible is very clear in that for our understanding, that is essential, essential. Somebody say essential that we understand that faith, which is the brief and complete fulfilling of the law, will fill those who believe with such righteousness that they need nothing else for justification. I'm going to say that again. That this faith, which is brief and complete, fulfilling, it is brief and it completely fulfills the law which you could not do. See, one, neither one of us could fulfill the law. But this faith in Christ Jesus through the promise of God has fulfilled and completed, overcame, put in place 
the law, come on somebody. And when this happens, this faith will, for those of us who believe, will, uh, will place us in such righteousness. So I'm telling you, it will put you in the right place that you will need nothing else for justification. Not your works, not your good deeds for justification. But guess what? But because you are in the right place, your good works will show up. Come on, somebody. Because you are in the right faith place of this, with this faith, the, the, uh, with the faith, the, the place that faith had brought you to, the finished faith, the finished work in there, that your good deeds will show up. See, this is what James was talking about when he says that, you know, show me your, uh, your, your works without your faith, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Come on, somebody. See, your faith will manifest into works, but you can't show me your faith without no works, my friend. In there. Because if it's true faith, it's going to produce some works. But the thing about it is true works will never produce uh, true faith. Come on, somebody. Any works will never produce true faith. Come on, somebody. And any and all works will never put you in this right place we're talking about. There's only one door to this right place, and that is through the blood of the Son. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And it's high time for us to go past just knowing this. It's time for us to go past just knowing that, that there's only one way into this righteousness, which is the Son. It's time for us to understand it. There's a difference between knowing something and understanding it. This requires understanding because our understanding will tell you just like you got in, this is what's going to keep you in. And when, again, and this is where we conclude at, when one knows that this is how I got in and when one knows that this is how I'm going to stay in, come on, somebody. Man, you can't help but to glorify the one that has brought you in, the one that is able to bring you in, and the one that is able to keep you. Hallelujah. That is our security. That is our assurance. This is why the book of John says that you can know that you have been saved. Come on, somebody. With full assurance. And when that full assurance comes, it changes one's inner man. See, it done what the law could not ever do. And that's what we're going to talk about moving forward. The difference between the precepts, which is the, the, the law and, and the, the moral commands that were set before us that we could not fulfill, and the promise of God. The promise is what we just talked about, that by grace you have been saved through faith and not of your works. And that, that this grace that God extended to us and he sent his son and he finished the work, that this is complete salvation, my friend. This is complete justification. And in that, it's truly going to lead us. I'm talking about it's going to give us an understanding, my friend, that will lead us to begin the journey truly to finish this race for what it really is supposed to be, and that is to honor God, that our aim and our goal it's not what God is going to do for me, but what God wants to do through me. Understanding the value of what he's already done for me. 
in there and he's giving me eternal life that Satan can't snatch me out of his hands. Come on, somebody. Ain't that what Jesus said in John chapter 10? That all that you have given me, I have not lost none and that the enemy could not, he couldn't snatch him out of my hands. Glory be to God. See, now we understand what true salvation is, my friend. And when that happens, boy, our hearts is going to burst forth with a, a passion and an urgency to just finish the race, to do the will of God, to, uh, to sacrifice. You know, the, uh, when I say sacrifice, I'm talking about that we ain't worried about just what Jesus told us not to be worried about. Don't worry about what you should eat or what you should drink. Don't worry about what you should wear because I got you. If I feed the birds of the air and I clothe the lilies of the valley, how much more would I do for that one that I love? That truly we can forget about that. See, because we've cut off our being, our blessings, if you want to call them that. We've cut them off because we're trying to, to pursue blessings and not pursue him. When he said, if you pursue me, you got the blessing. That's why he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all, somebody say all, all of these things will be added unto you. See, we got to start believing God. And that's it. I'm going to say that again. We got to start believing God and that's it. Because what we've done is we believe God and trusted ourselves. Whoa. Whoa. My God. We got to begin to believe God and that's it. Because what we've done in the past is we believe God. Shaking and trembling and all of this stuff. But we believe God. But we trusted in ourselves and in our process. And then we got mad at God because our process and in, 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 in our uh, alignment didn't work out. And think, and, and because, and thought we had some kind of, uh, you know, grounds to stand on to, to be angry with God. Are you crazy? Who in the world, in their right mind, would say, I'm mad at God? You talking about the creator of all things. You talking about somebody that can touch you with a finger and you ain't breathing no more right now. It ain't like me talking about I'm mad at you. Well, you, if you're going to do something to me, we might have to, you know, hey, I can, we're going to tussle for a while. No, we talking about God. And it ain't no tussling with him. He can touch you right now and you're done. Excuse me, he can touch you right now and you're done. We better wake up. Glory be to God, huh? Man, this is the God we serve. Awesome and mighty God that we serve. Hallelujah. Let's look to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, you are awesome and you are mighty. And we thank you for your everlasting love, Lord God. The love that you have for us is endless. The love that you have for us, it takes us to this place, Lord God, that changes us, that rearranges us, Lord God, that leaves us to where we could never be the same. And so this day, Lord God, we just thank you for feeding us of your word, Lord God. How it's so filling to our spirit, it gives understanding, Lord God, so that we don't just have to know something, but we can begin to understand your truth, Lord God. And that our righteousness, our, our right state, 
our right place that we are in now is right. It is right. It is right. It is right with you. And it's nothing to do of ourselves, but it's because of your son and the sacrifice, Lord God, that you were satisfied with once and for all, Lord God. Lord, this day let us not only understand that Jesus brought us in, but help us to understand that it's his blood that has sealed us in. Therefore, our lack of work or our wrong work can't and won't kick us out. See, because that's, you know, we, we, We've been living in this relationship with you, Lord God. Just like uh, the relationships of the world, Lord God, that we go into them and we hope that they last forever, Lord God, but we always know that there's a chance that I could get kicked out. And so we go through the whole journey of the relationship trying not to get kicked out and never comfortable with staying in that we can work on the works that set before us. And this is how our journey has been in the kingdom, Lord God. We haven't put forth the work. We haven't done the work of the kingdom because we've been worried about getting kicked out. So we've been trying to do the work that won't get us kicked out or show that we deserve to be there when it's impossible, Lord God. And it's kept us from doing the work of the kingdom. It's left us as doing our work, which is in vain. But because of your truth, Lord God, and because of you are opening our eyes, Lord God, it's setting us on a place, Lord God, that we can truly honor you, Lord God, that we can live the rest of our days with the security that you, just as your word says, will never leave us nor forsake us. Hallelujah. That we can truly live from that place and that place and that place alone is the only thing that's going to allow us to focus on your kingdom and the work of it. It's the only thing that's going to allow us to give ourselves wholly over to you for the work of the kingdom. Because before we wanted to give some, but we had to hold some back because we needed to do some work to prove that we deserve to be in the kingdom. But now that we know that there ain't no works that we have to prove, we can give it all over to you that you can work through us the works of the kingdom. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord God. See, because what's happening in heaven is they, they have a, those that are your angels up there, they, they know that they secure in that place and that you'll never leave them. So the works that they work in is not trying to prove that they deserve to be there. They work and they free to work your works. My God, help us, Lord, and let none of us, let no soul leave this place today the same. Let no soul leave this place today the same. Because we need you right now, Lord God, because that understanding in the works of the, us working the works of the kingdom, Lord God, is going to strengthen us to stand against the wiles of the enemy. Amen. 
It's going to strengthen us, Lord God, for us working the works of our loved ones. It's going to strengthen us for working the works of our boss at the job. See, because some of us, we compromise uh, your work of the kingdom because we're trying to please man, whether it's our wife, our boss, our, our mother, or our brother. And Lord, it's high time that you have it all because you've done it all. Right now, Lord God, by your spirit, touch. Make the changes right now in the name of Jesus. If you are here today and you know that, that you, that God is speaking to your heart, that I need you to come to this place. And this place is, of, is, is a completely yielding yourself that I may use you and that you don't have to have no fear of, of losing what I've already done, but I'm the one that's keeping it, God says, through the blood of my son. If that is you today, would you just stand on your feet? We want to pray right now. This ain't about, this is be, not be, for you to get salvation. You already saved, but you need to make a commitment today to go to the next level. That you ain't being used by people, but you are being used by God. If that is you today, just stand on your feet right now. In the name of Jesus, don't, in the day that you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Which one of us? Hallelujah. Don't sit there when you know that God is calling you to make a commitment. This, don't, he says, who, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father, which is in heaven. And God is calling us. I can't believe that everybody in here ain't standing up on their feet because God is calling every one of us to a, a, a higher place and committing our lives to him. The question is, is, are you willing to say yes? Don't stand up if you ain't willing to say yes because it ain't no question that God is calling you to this place. But if you will say yes, stand on your feet right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, my dear.